What's going on, guys? Welcome into another episode of the Ask Tony Show. Today, we're gonna talk about one of my favorite topics, guys, marketing, social media ads, branding. Uh, We had a real estate episode, which was phenomenal. Check that out. Um, Now, we're gonna talk a little bit about marketing. So I get a lot of DMs from entrepreneurs, business people, people that wanna start, content creators. So I love answering your questions because there's nothing more rewarding than helping somebody else build their audience. So let's jump in. What's a good starting budget for social media ads? Social media ads, first of all, are a must, okay? I've talked about this before, but if you are trying to build something, if you're trying to grow an audience, it's gonna be very difficult for you to do that purely organically. Now, when the word organic, a a lot of folks don't know what that means in the context of social media ads, but organically means with no budget, with no money. You just post it and then people see it. So really quick, 30 seconds as to why organic reach doesn't work is because the algorithm is brutal, okay? If you have, let's say you have 500 followers on Instagram, when you post something, not all 500 people are seeing that post. And interestingly enough, a lot of people don't even know that, but the statistic is anywhere between two to, if you're really good, 5%, two to 5% of your follower base is going to see that post. So that's why you see people with a thousand followers and they're like, and their post gets 14 likes. Why? Because they didn't boost it. They put no money behind it. So the algorithm showed it to maybe 10 people or, you know, 50 people or whatever the number is. So it's a very low number. And so with that being said, once you understand that now comes the importance of, okay, I need more people to see this. So how do you get more people to see it? You need to run ads. And so when you talk about what is a good budget, as much as you can, as much as you can. When I first started on uh, Facebook, I would, I would boost my videos for $1 a day. That was all I did in my city, in my county. I just boosted them for a dollar a day and I started to get some good results. And I remember then I upped it to $2 a day, to $5 a day, to $25 a day. And so you just kind of progressively start to build. The interesting thing about social media ads is that it's not about hitting a certain number. So it's not like a subscription service where it's like, if you don't spend a thousand dollars a month, then you get no benefit. That's not the way it works. Obviously, the more you pour into it, the more exposure you're going to get, but you can start with a dollar a day. But the point is to understand that the budget has to exist. It has to be there. If I ask you every month, how much did you pour into social media ads? You should be able to give me an answer. If you can't give me a direct answer of it was $200, it was $25, it was $25,000. If you don't know that number, you're in trouble. So you have to establish the budget, but the direct answer to your question is as much as you possibly can. I started making content, but quickly ran out of ideas for other videos. Help. That's difficult, guys, because when you talk about creating content, there's the word create, being a creative. And so I always, I always say that once you jump into this, you're going to find out very quickly whether or not you're a creative. And a lot of people think that they're creatives or they work in a creative space, photographers, graphic designers, whatever the case may be, but they're not actually creatives. 
because they don't have that ability to come up with good ideas for content. You can be a great creative when it comes to taking photos. You can be a great creative when it comes to designing websites. But when you talk about making content, make producing video, it's very different. It's very, it's a very different skill set. Again, being a great photographer from being a movie producer, it's, it's completely left and right. And so when you jump into this kind of the mindset that I would like you to have is you're trying to make a TV show, produce a TV show. What kind of TV shows do you like? What are the, some of the elements? Uh, what do you watch on YouTube? Who, who do you gravitate towards? Why do you gravitate towards them? And maybe you can start to get some ideas from there. So if you're running out of ideas, it's number one, cause you're probably not that creative and that's okay. That's okay. It's important for you to understand that that might not be your best skill set. So if it's not, then what do you do? You, that's where it becomes important to have a content producer, or if you can't afford a content producer, start asking people around you what they would like to see. I remember I, I did this very early on. I would just ask people in my inner circle, what kind of videos did they like? What did they not like? And I tried to tailor my content based on that. That's point number one. Point number two, find people in your space that are already winning. Whatever platform you're using, be it Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, there are already people that do what you do that are having success on social media. So try to see what they're doing and what works and try to take ideas from there. You never want to copy anything 100%, but you can get inspiration from other folks and you can start to get ideas and then you can take those ideas kind of put your own spin on it, have your own voice, and you can start to be successful that way. But you gotta remember, are you a creative or are you not a creative? Should I make one video and post it everywhere? Great question. This is kind of a good, better, best scenario, if you will. So if you just make one video and you post it everywhere, what are some of the pros and cons? Let's start with the cons. The con, the, the, the only really big con is that if there are people that follow you everywhere, they're gonna see the same thing everywhere. So if you have friends that are your Facebook friend and they follow you on Instagram and they follow you on Twitter and they follow you on TikTok and they subscribe to your YouTube channel, they're everywhere. They're plugged into you on five platforms. They're gonna see the exact same piece of content. So that really is the only con that maybe a couple of people are going to be annoyed because it's the same video six times. Uh, I would very quickly get over that because again, there's no guarantee that the algorithm is going to show it to them on any given day. So understand that not everybody sees everything that you post. So I would get rid of that fear right away. Once you get rid of that fear, it goes back to the good, better, best. Is it good? Sure, because one of the pros to doing that is there's more exposure. There's a, a greater chance that more people can see your content if it's distributed on multiple platforms. So that is a win, that is a plus. I like that part about it. So good, very good, do it. What's better? What is better is to have that same piece of content and try to switch it up. I'll give you an example. We do this long form show on YouTube. So the entire show goes on YouTube. That's one platform. Then we clip it up. Instead of just one long form, we have five little clips. Those little clips go on Instagram and they go on Facebook. And then I try to write articles for LinkedIn based on the content of the topics that I'm handling. So that's, it's, it, 
it's what I call diversifying your content and trying to make it different. It's the same piece of content, right? But you're just switching it up based on the platform. Does that make sense? Because you have to also understand that it's probably not very uh, common for people to watch a 20 minute video on Instagram. That's probably not going to happen. But on YouTube, people do it every day. So there are differences and nuances within the platforms. You can't post anything. I think right now it's longer than three minutes on TikTok. So there's no way that you can post a 20 minute show. You just can't. But if you can be creative, goes back to the last question. If you can be creative, you have one video. How can I pull from it? Did I have a cool quote? Can I make a quote card? Um, can I put it on a podcast? Just strip the audio, put it on the podcast. Can I write an article for LinkedIn? Can I create an idea pin for Pinterest? Like where can I play to make that one piece of content a feel a little bit more natural to every individual platform? And if you can do that, then you'll have better success. That's the better, good, better. The best would be to, again, think about this as a TV show. So Every social media platform is its own network. It's NBC, it's CBS, it's ABC, it's ESPN. So create different TV shows for different networks. That's the ultimate, right? That's the absolute ultimate of every platform has its own TV show, own unique piece of content, if you will. Now that's very difficult to do because it's hard enough to produce one show. Now you have to produce five shows. So that's kind of the ultimate, right? That's where that's like, the top of the top, but my, my intention is for you to kind of start to see it that way because then people have an incentive to follow you everywhere in the macro sense, more people, not just your core friends. There's a greater chance that more people are going to follow you everywhere because your content is different everywhere and they're going to get different looks and different content. Maybe some can be more entertaining, more educational, and that way you can have the ultimate influence. I ran a social media ad and had some rude comments posted. Really bummed me out. That's tough. You know, especially when you're new, there's nothing worse than you working hard on a graphic or a video and you post it and people just shit on it. Like that, I feel you. But that being said, that's not something that you can control. So you just got, you, you just got to let that go. All right. Some people are not going to be into what you're doing and that's okay. Um, so... You want to, and I don't know what the comment was, but whatever the comment was, sometimes I have learned that there's positive that you can take out of a rude comment per se. So I remember a couple of years ago, I started making videos. Uh, these are actually my very first Facebook real estate videos. I would, I would make them while I was driving. And so I would hold the phone in one hand and, I, and you can actually still go back and see these. I would hold it, I would drive, and I would make the video as I was driving, and then I would boost those posts. So I started getting DMs and comments of how irresponsible that was, of what are you doing, that's not safe, stop, don't you know, make the videos while you're driving. And so I had two options. I could just get upset and say that those people were stupid, like, ah, what, is, what does Karen care about my video? Or I, I took a step back and said, they're probably right. Like I probably should not be going 75 miles on the freeway, driving with one hand, filming a video. That's just not smart. And so I tweaked it. And now I would only do it when I was stopped. I would stop at a parking lot. I would make my video. I'd get back on the highway. So because of the negative comments, I started to tailor my videos. Also, um, 
for a time my audio wasn't very good or my video was a little bit blurry or when I was in certain positions according to the sun, because again, I, I would make these all in my car. Sometimes the lighting was bad. And so I took all of those comments to try to make my content better. So some comments are just hate and that's fine. That's part of the game. Just let it go. But if there's something constructive that you can take from those comments to make your stuff better, take it. What camera should I use for vlogging? What camera should you use for vlogging? So if you have to ask this question, um, and I don't want to trash on your question because every question is valid, but there's this website called Google. All right. What I recommend is just Google it. Literally Google best cameras for vlogging, and you're going to get 977 different blog posts, websites, uh, YouTube videos about this topic. So I think that it brings up an interesting point, guys, and I'm so grateful that people feel the confidence to ask these questions. This is why I don't want to trash on your question. Great question. My honest, genuine recommendation is to do a little bit of research, like go to YouTube, go to Google and try to figure it out and then see out of all of them, which one can you afford? Now, that being said, do not get hung up on the camera. Just don't, don't get hung up on the camera. The camera on your smartphone is so underratingly good that you can do pretty much everything just with this. I'll give you an example. Our podcast interview show that we've rebranded the 1% podcast, we're probably gonna do it all on iPhones. The two, three iPhones, an iPad, like there is great software and apps that can allow you to do that. So don't underestimate the power that you have in your pocket because you want a fancy camera. If you can afford it and you can do it, cool. But I mean, a good vlogging camera just off the top of my head might cost you between $800 and $2,000. And that's not going to be the factor for your success. The factor for your success is going to be the content, how you speak, how you develop yourself. Um, are you comfortable on camera, your post-production, your ideas? So there's so much outside of just the camera that I wouldn't want you to strictly focus on that. Again, I don't know if that's the intent. If the intent is that you're hung up on the camera because you're so worried about the quality of the content, I would say forget about that, do some light research. If you can afford one, great. If not, just use your phone, you're gonna be just fine. If you're already in a place where you feel comfortable making content, you understand that the phone can work and you've kind of started, but now you want to maximize, then one of two things, do heavy research, and number two, reach out to videographers, reach out to people that, that know about these things. I'll give you an example. You know, we, uh, occasionally we have to rent equipment. So we rented mics, sometimes lenses, different things. And so there is uh, a company here locally that Ray goes to, to rent the stuff. And so she always talks about how the guy that's there always gives her great info, always says, hey, use this mic, don't use that one, or this is better than that. And so she's learned a lot just from talking to the dude that rents the equipment at the equipment shop. So try to learn from the experts and slowly try to educate yourself. But again, don't get hung up on the camera because honestly, this is good enough. <laughs>